Good morning, good morning. How you guys doing? Yeah, great. If you, got, uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to uh, 1 John chapter 3 is where we're actually going to be looking at the second half of, of chapter 3. Just to recap kind of where we've been over these last few weeks, we started in 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 2, now we're in 1 John chapter 3. And I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a recap, especially if you haven't been here, um, just wanted to kind of recap because I believe it kind of builds on itself leading up to this moment. So here's the recap for today. In week one, uh, we looked at uh, 1 John chapter 1, where it talked about how truth is found in a relationship with Jesus and in his word, um, that those two, uh, those two go together. Um, and then week two, this love for Jesus, having this relationship with Jesus and this love for Jesus actually results in obedience. That um, if we're not walking in obedience to the things that the Bible teaches us, to the things that Jesus says, then it's, it's possible if we're not walking obedience, it's possible that we've actually, we're not in relationship with Jesus. Um, and so just trying to be able to look at that and say, okay, where are we at um, in, in relationship to that? Uh, week number three, this love for the world is incompatible with the love for God. Like you can't love the world and love the thing and, and love the things of God, um, that the, the two just don't, they don't go together. Um, and so it's being able to kind of draw this line in the sand and say, hey, my love for God is more important. It's, it's more of what I have than the things of the world. And, and, and t- we talked a little bit about this whole idea that we fall in love with the things of the world, but we still say, well, I love God. And so just being able to evaluate that. And then last week, we see God's love. He said in, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, that see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Um, and then this ability to recognize sin, right? That all It's really interesting because this relationship with Jesus and recognizing sin and trying to grow in relationship with him and grow out of sin is a whole part of this whole idea that John's been trying to teach the church and what John's been trying to teach us as well through the power of his Holy Spirit. Then we come to 1 John chapter 3 and we'll be looking at verses 10 through 24 this morning. But I want to start with a question. For whatever reason, this has kind of been on my mind. And, and, and sometimes when I feel like God has it on my mind for a period of time, then, then maybe I feel like sometimes it needs to be said. And the question is, who or what have you given authority to in your life? Jesus. Like who, who have you given it? And one of the biggest false beliefs is that we don't need anyone or anything. And what happens a lot of times as individuals is that we give ourselves the authority. <laughs> we tell ourselves what to do, right? And we, th- we get in situations where we feel like maybe God's not showing up, right? God's not showing up. And so when God doesn't show up, then what we try and do is we try and take the authority back. When, when, when we were kid, when I was a kid, I don't know, how many people got spanked as a kid? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so when I was a kid, like when you're a kid, you don't want anyone telling you what to do. Now, I, I, maybe I should back up. I know there's some people that don't believe in spanking, okay? So I just want to acknowledge that. But the Bible does say, spare the rod, spoil the child, okay? So this is not my opinion, not my opinion. Now, it's really interesting because I have three very different kids, right? 
The one in the middle was the one who got spanked. He just happened to be the boy. Right? My daughter, my oldest daughter, I don't ever, I don't think I ever remember spanking her, but Caleb, he got beatings all the time. <laughs> and, and, and then I can remember our youngest daughter, I don't think I ever spanked her either. Now, maybe it was this father-daughter relationship, and my son was like, I'm going to, mm. It's all I could do not to choke him. I think actually a couple times I did choke him. I'm just being honest, Okay. Uh, but authority is a problem with kids because we want to do what we want to do. But let's be honest, that happens with adults, right? We, and so the question becomes as we grow up as adults is, who are we going to give the authority to? Because I can remember, you know, when there was something that I wanted to do, I, most of the time I was, I was going to do it. And then what resulted in that, that if it was something that mom and dad told me not to do, I got a spanking, right? My dad was gone most of the time because he would travel and he, he traveled with work. And so we were home with, home with my mom. And, and I, I grew up in a family where I had two older siblings. And then my parents waited like 10 years and then had my brother and then had me. And, and so I was kind of a little bit of, uh, you know, kinda, I was the baby in the family, which that brought in a whole nother issue, problems. But I can remember when, I, when my mom and dad wanted me to do something and I didn't want to do it, you know, when I disobeyed, mom went to the refrigerator and grabbed the fly swatter off the top of the refrigerator. Now, let me just help you understand something. My mom was like four foot nothing and weighed like a hundred pounds. And so it's like, oh, mom, don't hit me. Mom, don't hit me. But as a little kid, I was scared, and so I'd go running into the bed bedroom, and I'd grab the pillow, and, and then eventually, as I got older, I realized mom's spankings really don't hurt. <laughs> and then it became this, well, wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> right? How many people grew up like that? I was like, oh, sorry, mom, Sorry. Now, the interesting part, let me get my belt back on. The interesting, before my pants fall down, um, that would be really embarrassing. Um, now, the interesting part about that is my dad never spanked me. But I can remember, this is what scared me. I can remember my dad telling me about the spankings that he got. He, he would quite frequently bring out this leather strap that was about this wide and about probably, I don't know, two and a half feet long. And he would say, this is what I got spanked with. And I'm like, you were abused. <laughs> because nowadays that would be abuse, would it not? And, and I think probably more than anything, that leather strap scared the mess out of me. And so when mom told me to do something, came with this flask water, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to obey, right? But we have a problem with authority. And my question this morning is, who have you given authority to in your life? Is it you? Is it, or have you truly come to this place in your life where you say, God is my, God and his word is my ultimate authority? Because if you haven't established that, what I say out of the word of God won't matter to you. Right? I can preach all day long. I can come in here every single Sunday and I can go verse by verse and word by word and talk about the, and talk about the word of God. But if you haven't decided in your life who you're going to give authority to, 
then it really doesn't matter. Because what I say this morning won't matter until you say, okay, I'm under God's authority. And what, hey, you're not under my authority. Okay, other than the fact that God has given me authority over this, con- this local context as the pastor of the church. Do you understand that? Okay, so God has given me the authority over that. So if something goes that you don't like within the church, you know, you have to take that up with God because I'm trying to do everything I can to be obedient. I don't get it all right. I actually had a complaint this morning about my shoes. <laughs> Just kidding. And so you have to establish this authority in your life. You have to establish this authority in your life. So let's look at uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. And this is some really um, challenging stuff this morning, I believe. Probably for all of us. It says, this is how we know that, hey, this is how we know who the children of God are and who are the children of what? Y'all know they're children of the devil these days? Scripture teaches us that, right? So this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. Nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister, which we talked a little bit about that Last week, actually over the last couple of weeks, this has been a little bit of a recurring theme. And I think it's really important because nowadays in the culture, we've become so divided as individuals in the church that we're struggling to love the people that we should love. It, let's be honest. It, it has become easier sometimes to love people outside the church than it is to love our own people inside the church. Right? And there's been this great division, okay? Look look at verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love what? We should love one another, right? He's making it plain and simple. That's what I love about this scripture, right? Sometimes scripture is complicated. It's hard to understand, but I believe John writes in such a way, and that's why we titled it, that you may know. He makes it clean. He makes it simple. He makes it understandable for us that we should love one another. Do not be like Cain. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So what John now is doing is he's pointing back, and if you want to go read it, he's pointing back to Genesis chapter 4, where where Cain and his brother Abel actually bring a sacrifice to God. And I would encourage you to go read it. We'll talk about it in just a minute, but I encourage you to go read it. Verse... um, Verse 13, do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. We know that we have passed, right? We know that we have passed from death to life if we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a, is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. This is how we, again, plain and simple. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. 
and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? That's a question. It's a question. Dear children, let, let us not love with words or speech, but in actions and in truth, which that's become a really difficult part of our culture these days because we like to use words and not actions. Verse 19, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our heart condemns us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he, and he knows everything. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and we re and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. You see, when we're wanting to do the things that God wants us to do, that means he's speaking into our life and then we're being obedient to the things and we're asking for the things that God wants us to already have. And so that says, if God tells us that we're asking for it, then he's going to give it to us, right? It's, this is not a vending machine. God's not a vending machine. He's not, you just ask for it and God just gives it to you. It just doesn't work that way. Okay. Let's see. What verse was on? Uh, verse 23, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's command lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Okay. So I want to take this passage. I want to, I want to pick it apart for just the next few minutes and let's talk about what it actually means. So if you look at the first couple of verses again, John makes it pretty simple that the first point that John's trying to make is this, love one another, that we're supposed to love one another. We show our, listen, we show our love for God by showing our love for one another, for each other. And this is a command, it's not a suggestion. He doesn't say, well, if you feel like loving that other person in the church, then I'll kind of give you that freedom. No, this is like an authority statement. Like you're, you're, it's like you're, we're children and we're living in the same house and you have to learn to love each other uh, even with our differences. All four of my kids, they're all very different, but they all live it. Well, they don't live in the same house now, but they have lived in the same house. And so they're, they're learning to love each other. It's the same thing, man. And in, in, in his house, as, as the body of Christ, that we've got to learn to love each other and love our differences, even politically and even socially and all those kind of things. It doesn't mean we have to agree. Okay? It doesn't mean we have to agree. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that we have to be careful of, okay? Although we won't ever agree on everything, what we have to agree on is that the truth found in God's Word. We have to know the truth and know the truth that's found in God's Word, and that's where it begins to bring unity, right? We're not always going to all get it right. There probably are so many different belief systems, even within here, when it comes to the Word of God, and so we've got to, we've got to learn to grow in unity, and through that, we've got to love one another. Now, it's really interesting because what John does is he goes on to give us two kind of warnings. He says, don't be like Cain. Don't be like Cain. So what happened is in Genesis chapter 4, Cain and Abel, 
who were brothers, bring this sacrifice to God. God accepted Abel's sacrifice because it was out of a pure heart. Cain brought a, Cain brought a sacrifice to God, but in some of the things that I studied read, it was more like out of a religion and not out of a relationship. His heart was in the wrong place. And so God did not accept Cain's, Cain's sacrifice. And so all of a sudden now Cain becomes upset with his brother Abel and Cain ends up killing his brother. And then shows up and God says, hey, where's your brother? Like God didn't already know. Right? And, and Cain says, oh, uh, am I my brother's keeper? Right? And all of a sudden now, Cain is trying to hide his hatred and his actions. He's trying to hide them. And so, so John uses this as an illustration, so, as Cain's example. Disobedience can lead to hatred. Disobedience can lead to hatred. And, and let's be honest, we've probably all at some point in our life said, well, well, I wish I had that, or I wish I could do that, to somebody in our own context. And all of a sudden, when you start to say, oh man, well, I wish I did that, or I wish I had that, or something, all of a sudden, now you start to create a division in the relationship. You start to create a division in the relationship. Well, they shouldn't have said that. Well, they shouldn't have done that. And all of a sudden, then what happens is we begin to open the door and the enemy begins to get a foothold and eventually he kicks it wide open. And what used to be just, oh, just a little bit of a problem now has become hatred. And a disobedience led to hatred. Hatred made him miserable. And then hatred led to sin because he killed his brother even to the point of trying to hide it from God. How many times have we tried to hide things from God? Because we thought he didn't see it. He didn't know it. Am I my brother's keeper? He, he even goes as far in verse 15 to say, if you hate, then you're the same as a murderer. Right? You haven't even killed anybody yet. Not yet. As parents, sometimes we want to get to that point. And, 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 but it says if you hate in your heart, you might as well have killed somebody. You might as well be a murderer. Verse 15. I didn't make that up. Verse 15. And so here's the thought for this is not only are we called to love each other, but we have to understand that hatred puts us in a dangerous place spiritually. When we begin to let the enemy come in and we begin to think things about people that we shouldn't be thinking and say things about people that we shouldn't be saying, all of a sudden now this, this even dislike becomes hatred and if we're not careful can lead to doing things that we shouldn't be doing or saying. And so we got to stop it from the beginning. So what do we do with hatred? What do we do with this? And, and, the, and he gives us pretty much the understanding. First, we confess it, right? It's okay to come out and say, hey, I, I, I literally, I, I 
strong, when you say you strongly dislike someone, you're probably saying you hate somebody. Right? Because we like, we like to wordsmith things. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I just don't, I really don't like that person. What does that actually mean? Because then you got to start to look at your heart. But we confess it. And then here's what I would encourage you to do. If there's someone that you strongly dislike or you even to the point of hatred, that you pray your blessing over them. It was a situation I had a few years ago with a very good friend of mine. We got into a little bit of a disagreement over some things. Had to, you know, and what ended up happening is I had to become careful because what I was starting to think and feel I didn't like. And so God said, why don't you start praying blessing on that person? I'm like, well, I don't want to pray blessing on them because I already don't like them. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like what they're saying. And God said, well, this is not about you. Who have you given the authority to in your life? You see, because you can give authority to hatred. You can give authority to your emotions. You can give authority to your feelings if you're not careful. And so all of a sudden, now I started praying blessing on this person and blessing. And every day I'm praying, hey, God, bless this person. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. And then my heart started changing. And you know what it did? The next time I saw them in person, because if there's dislike, if there's hatred, if there's any of these kind of things, when you run into that person like in person, now it's like, oh, you're like you're trying to avoid them. (laughs) But if you're praying blessing on them all of a sudden, then it changed the nature of everything. You don't see things. You see things differently. It doesn't, mean that the, it doesn't mean that the issue has gone away, but it puts your heart in a better position to be able to have conversations that are more appropriate between them and between you and God. Because the only thing that dislike and hatred does is it starts to not only separate you from them, but it starts to separate you from God. Yes, it does. Whew. It's, getting, it's getting deep in here, y'all. And so hatred puts us, so we, so we confess it, we pray for blessing, and we look for ways, listen, 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 we look for ways to bless that person. Okay, some of you don't like your boss. That's true. That's the truth. You don't. I probably have some people in here that don't like their boss, who's me. And, and one of the things that you can do is, what if you actually look for ways to bless them? Again, who have you given authority to in your life? Because our responsibility is to, to show the love of Christ. Amen. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do. Because there'll be one day where we stand before God, we've given account for what we did, and we we can either stand before God and say, man, I really hated that person, or or God, you know what? I attempted to bless that person as much as I possibly could, because that's what you asked me to do. So how do, we, how do we look for ways to bless him? And then God gives us another warning, or, or John kind of gives us a little bit of another warning, and the warning is this, the world will hate you. Okay? Not only be careful and don't be like Cain, 
but also be careful that the world is going to hate you. Verse 13, do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you because the world rejects the things of God. And the person that you're praying blessing on, the person that you may be trying to bless, guess what? They may not still like you. They may think that you have an agenda or a purpose or something else other than just to bless them because God told you to. And they could actually turn on you. You see, all situations don't turn out rosy. Especially when there's another person who's not in the same space, in the same place spiritually as you are. Realize that the world may actually hate you, will probably hate you for actually doing what's right. And they'll reject those things. So we just have to understand that. Again, and remember at the foundation where, where, where John started was this love and relationship for God and this love for each other. Because the world can't comprehend if that person has said or done that to you, then why are you loving and blessing them? And then John goes on to say this in verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now that one probably pushes on every button that we have. One of the ways that we can bless another person is by actually laying down our lives. Now here's the reality of it. The reality of it is, is that you probably will never have to jump in front of a bullet to save another person's life. That's just the reality of it. You, that probably won't happen for most of you. you. You probably won't be walking along the train track and see your friend there, and all of a sudden you see a train coming, you come and you push them out of the way, and you fall and you die in front of the train. That's probably not going to happen. And so what, what, is, what is it that God's saying? Are we willing to lay down our lives for others? And here's what, here's what as I was studying this, I kind of felt like this is kind of where it probably lands more applicable for us. Not that God won't ever call us to do that. But it's probably not, it's rare that that actually happens and so, as we look at it, maybe a little more practical would be this. Look for the opportunity to do the small things. Look for the opportunity to do the small things. Laying down your life for others goes beyond, listen, laying down your life for others and loving another person goes beyond your comfort and your convenience. And that's what it means to actually, and again, we're beginning to, beginning to build a foundation of what it means to love one another. For that person that you have a problem with, if, if you actually, if you go back into the Gospels, Gospel of Matthew, um, Jesus actually said, if you have a problem with a person, then you need to go to them and you need to talk to them about it. Otherwise, your heart's not in the right place. You're like, oh, crap. 
right? Because I would dare say there's probably a good number of us in here that have a problem with another person. And if we're not careful, we'll let those things impact our own relationship with Christ. And so today really is about us going and making it right with a mom or dad, a brother or sister, a neighbor, a coworker, your boss. And the question now of this is how are you loving each other? And then Jesus wraps it up. Michael, you guys can come on out. And then Jesus wraps it up with these two verses. Look at, the, look at these last two verses, 23 and 24. He says, and this is his, can we go back to those verses? Oh, perfect. You're the man. Thanks, Garrett. It says, and this is his, what? This is his command. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us, right? Because we're also in a place where what was happening in the culture of that time was that John was dealing with a group of people that were potentially trying to be, to be strayed into believing that Jesus was not the Son of God. And what John is saying is like, no, that's actually a false teaching. And what's true is that Jesus, yes, he is the Son of God. And that's what we have to nail down as a foundation. And that's what we have to give authority to in our life, that Jesus is the Son of God, period. Amen. That's right. Amen. Come on. He's like, so that's foundational That's foundational for us. And then we must love one another as he has commanded us. He says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him. Right? Because all throughout throughout these verses, what's been happening is is John's been trying to help us understand how how do we do this? The only way that we can live this way by loving God and loving others, the only way that we can do that is by being in relationship with Him, abiding in Him, walking, walking in relationship with Him every single day because the world is trying to do everything it can to creep into our lives and trying to head to lead us astray. And what we have to be able to do is say, I'm going to abide in Jesus today. I'm going to abide in his truth. I'm going to abide in his word. I'm going to do everything I can to live in his commands. He said, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. You see, when we come into relationship with Jesus, he begins to give us. He gives us his spirit, and now we're able to hopefully be able to learn to discern the things that God wants us to do and the things that he's saying to us. And I realize there's probably a lot of you here who say, I've never heard God. I probably would disagree with that statement. You probably have, you just didn't know it. I've never heard God speak to me. Well, guess what? I've never audibly heard God speak to me either. 
but there's something his spirit in me has made me feel and sense like hey I should do this or I shouldn't do that I should say this or I shouldn't say this and the problem is is when we're not abiding in him when we're not walking in relationship with him we tend to ignore that voice one of the reasons why you may not hear God is because you're not in relationship with him One of the reasons it may be hard for you to actually love another person is because you may not be in relationship with him. Because let's be honest, in our humanness, we cannot do it. And so maybe here this morning, it's about saying yes to Jesus and saying yes to a relationship with him and walking in relationship with him. Or maybe you're here and you've given your life to Christ and you're just sensing God saying, Hey, there's this issue in your life. And that one issue is hindering everything else that's going on around you. And this morning, we need to confront those issues. Is there another person that you got an issue with? That you got to deal with? A confession that you need to make? You're like, Pastor Chris, I don't, I, don't, I don't really think there's anything. Okay, great, awesome. Is there somebody in your life that you need to play, pray blessing on? You're like, well, I can't pray, pray blessing on that person. Then you got an issue. Who have you given the authority to? going to walk in the authority of his word and the authority of God and strive to do the things that he wants you to do or you're going to try to walk in your own authority and do things that you want to do let's pray do you fully trust God's authority do you fully trust his word? I realize that maybe for some of you, that's just a journey this morning. Maybe you came here and this is your first time. You're just like, I'm not even sure what I, where I'm at in all this. Maybe today's about just taking that one next step to trust the authority of God, to trust that relationship with Jesus. To trust that Jesus is the Son of God. That God did send Him to be Savior. And maybe this morning is about surrendering to His authority and surrendering your life to Him. Maybe you're here and God's just trying to get your attention because you've struggled with not loving someone else. And God's trying to get your attention 
And right in this moment, you just need to confess it to him. Would you do that right now? Just confess it to him. Say, God, I'm sorry. I've had, a, I've had an issue with this person. And I confess that to you. God, I pray blessing on that person. God, would you help me to pray blessing on the person? And God, if would you open up a door of opportunity for me to bless that person in some way? front and pray. Maybe there's something that you've got to pray about. Maybe you want to come down front and give your life to Christ. You don't have to, but it's an opportunity. Again, I believe that sometimes when God's trying to get our attention, sometimes we stay seated way too much and what God's wanting us to make a move to say, God, I'm sorry. I confess this to you. Maybe you do need to do it in front of a group of people as a sign of accountability. I want you to know that I hope that this is a place where you feel loved, that when you come to the front, you're not judged for what you came to the front for. But you're loved and you're cared for. God, we just give you this moment. God, would you help us to surrender to you in a moment like this? Surrender our lives to you. Surrender our thoughts and our beliefs to give you our authority, to, to give you authority in our life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you do what only you can do in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to sing one more song. And I want you to know that the front's open. This is an opportunity for us to maybe give something back to God other than just our singing this morning. This is an opportunity for you to connect with God and give something back to Him, have a conversation with Him.